Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, you know if you're hearing something ominous like that, probably gonna be horror based, and you would be correct in assuming assuming so. Ellis Cinema back, another dish. How we doing out there? Good, great, grand, wonderful. I hope that you're good. I hope that you're great, and I hope that you're grand and wonderful. Even though these are trying times during this whole isolation that we're going through. Not not me. It's business as usual for me. But I know some of you out there have been telling me. Hey man, uh, thank you for your show because I'm I'm going crazy and I'm running out of podcasts and I appreciate you. So I just want to extend to you guys. I, it does make me feel really good uh, that when you guys tell me that, but it, nothing's changed. I hate doing the show still. So it doesn't matter how many <laughs> many times you're like, "Hey man, I love it." I don't. I'd rather write my own movies. <laughs> I'd rather spend time on something else. That said, though, I am happy to bring kind of some obscure things to you every now and then that I think uh, you should be aware of. And today is no different. So we are doing a little uh, something a little different there. So uh, people that are already fans of the show or just cinephiles in general, you're probably like, "Hey, I don't, I didn't really recognize that one." You you always play. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, scores um, for movies in the beginning and the end. I, I, I don't recognize that one. And you wouldn't. You wouldn't. That is actually off of a, well, it's it's now a three-issue graphic novel now, but that is from a original graphic novel actually created by, uh, by the name of uh, Sean Lewis called Bottom Feeder. Wait a minute. Why? You said that there's music to a graphic novel? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I said. So I thought, wouldn't it be cool, because obviously if you guys listen to the show, you know I love composers, you know I love musicians, period. In fact, they're some of the greatest people to have on between me, you, and the wall. They're just, they're they're so smart, so nice, so just giving with their knowledge, especially speaking to the younger cats that may or may not be getting in uh, to that line of work. And I, I, I gotta admit, without the score that you just heard, I... I don't know if I... I'm not going to say that I didn't like the graphic novel at all. I, I I thought Bottom Feeder was great. But having the score with it, as you read, was awesome. So I thought, why don't you bring in the guy that did it? Why don't you bring him in? See if he wants to. Because actually, and I didn't know this until very later on, but this gentleman and I were social media-ing back and forth together for quite some time before he even got involved in this graphic novel process. So... Uh, it, to have him on right now, I, I can tell you I'm thrilled. So without further ado, 
all the way from New Jersey. I'm so glad that I was able to catch him when he was actually in the States. Uh, Basis from Dog Eat Dog, Eat Dog. Dave Niebuhr, how are we doing this evening? Hey, Sean. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well. Thank you. Good, man. I, You know, when we had talked, I... I, if we're being completely honest, man, I thought you were going to say you're stranded in Greece somewhere or or stranded somewhere across uh, Germany, Spain, somewhere. It, it actually could have happened because uh, we had uh, I had a ticket to Europe on March 31st. Uh, we didn't go, but had that trip been any earlier or the event was later, yeah, I might have ended up being over there. So it was pretty close, but... Uh, obviously we had to cancel that run and basically all our shows are canceled through the summer at this point. So it's, it's, it's not great, but you know, it's better to be safe. Oh, for sure. Now, are you one of the types that's like, I, I have to fucking work. I can't sit here and do nothing. Or are you enjoying this little bit of free time that you have? (laughs) That's a good question. I mean, I'm, when, I tour with the band, uh, we went to Europe, and generally speaking, six or seven times a year we go to Europe, and I'm back and forth, and then when I'm home, I work a regular job at a, at a music store, and you know I get my health insurance and stuff through that, so I balance the band with, with a job, and uh, I don't have any free time. I come right off the road and go right to work. They're really generous with letting me come and go, so I, this is the first time, except for a paid vacation, honestly, that I have had the time to just sit and do nothing, and like, the first two weeks, I'm like, this is awesome, I've got like 200 Blu-rays that are still wrapped that I haven't gotten to, I can finally start like, getting to this stuff, there's stuff on Netflix and Amazon Prime I've been wanting to watch for years, and like, I'm now I'm getting to it, so now it's been a month, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I've kept a log of every movie I've watched since uh, I went into whatever quarantine, and I'm at 82 movies so far. In, and a boy, and a boy. So I'm cranking them out. I'm, <laughs> I'm watching a ton, but I'm like, when I get to 100, that's a good goal to like start playing guitar and <laughs> start reading and start doing something a little more productive. Because you know, I do get a little antsy, but uh, you know, so far I'm keeping it together. Good, good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I mean, I for me. Very similar boat. You know, I can don't get me wrong. I can I can watch movies until the cows come home. But the fact of the matter is, I I got to get out of the house sometimes. So I I'm one of the lucky ones that was able to keep my nine to five uh, and uh, just not have to 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 go crazy in my house. <laughs> just all right. So I can't go here. I can't go here. And I, there, there's a lovely meme out there actually that really drives home the point for me. It's that. Uh, I didn't like to go a lot of places, but I did like to go one or two places, and that's kind of how I feel about it. It's like, and, and the big one, and I'm, I don't know if you'll be on board with this, but man, do I miss the movie theater. I just, I, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, bi, a weekly thing to me. I'll go two, three times a week to the theater to see stuff, and and not having that is just it's such a bummer man i don't i don't with you you know you're 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 traveling so much and working so much i don't i don't know if uh i you know you probably make it out to the theater when you're on tour you gotta you I, gotta well you know the thing is, is you know i in my life there was a time where i you know used to go to the movie theater every single week if not multiple times a week i was obsessed with going and then later on in my life it, it I kind of got like 
less interested. We're talking about like within the last like 10 years, you know? So like I'll, I'll see probably like one movie a month in the theater, but I, I still go. But I usually when it's an event movie, like if Quentin Tarantino movie, I'm there opening night, you know, without fail. If it's a new Halloween movie, I'm there opening night, like Godzilla, whatever. Like there's certain event movies for me, like any kind of like big horror movie or whatever. I'm always like, I'm going just for the fun of it. I don't expect it to be great, but I just have fun. And now they've opened theaters that serve beer and like, it, it makes it even more fun to have a few drinks while you're watching uh, a horror movie on the big screen. So, you know, I don't know if you know the Alamo draft house. Oh but, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, once they open that in Yonkers, that's pretty close, not close, it's about 45 minutes from where I live. So like, you know, when they would show like double features of, you know, Maniac and New York Ripper, or like, you know, they even had like Spookies and, and, you know, so many movies I, I've seen there, the, you know, the Christmas horror movies and stuff. Um, I'll drive over there. So that, that's like a once a month to me Alamo trip. Uh, but I, I, I agree, man. We all have those things that like we're so used to doing in our lives that have now been restricted. And it's like, it's a weird feeling and like it didn't set in, but now, now I'm feeling it too. Like I'm even like, I haven't had Chinese food in a month. Like, <laughs> I want Chinese food so bad, even though I know it's terrible and everything. I just gotta have it. It's so funny that, that you bring that up. Uh, so uh, my mom, my mom, very, uh, she is practicing social distancing to a T, right? But she, uh, and she, she just wanted to come over, hang out for a little bit, you know, see me or whatever. And I'm like, Hey, is that Chinese place open? by your house please pick me up some and she's like oh no no that the, they they closed that the first site of the lockdown so and i was just like no damn it i'm not one of those people that like i'll still support like give me the chinese food give me all the chinese food i'm nope nope i almost tiptoed uh, tiptoed towards politics there i'm not going to do it i'm not there, no soapbox politics you know, I, I'm kind of pissed at myself because initially that's how I always do. I always second guess myself for the opening theme. And I and I had no fronts lined up. And I was just like, oh, you know, I won't tell him. And then when I'll cut it right after No Soapbox Politics. And it'll be a joke between me and him. Everybody will love it. Oh, no, not everybody. Just him and I. So <laughs> um, uh, so the, the organic derailing, I, I got to know, man. Did you like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I did. Uh, it's not my favorite Tarantino, but I just love all the little references to things that, like, when I sit in the theater, I'm like, I don't think anybody else realizes this except me, you know, and that's what I love about Tarantino movies, all the little, like, very, like, cinematic in-jokes that he does, you know, and, like, you know, it goes over a lot of people's heads, but if you're really into that, if you're a film geek, you know, I, I just, I just love what Tarantino puts out so like even his like let's say lesser movies or movies that aren't as incredible as his his, his best I, I still enjoy and, and I had a really good time watching I wasn't bored at all even though it was like three hours long I was I was fine with it so um, yeah that one's a move go ahead <clears throat> yeah so overall I liked it I mean it's I like all his movies there's none that I I hate he's, he's one of the only directors that I like truly like drop everything when he comes out with a new movie I'm not you know I'm going I'm I don't care what I'm doing I'm fly home from Europe to go see it you know? <laughs> to, so. yeah admittedly I may have uh, I may have went overboard with that when I saw that five times in the theater I may have a problem that's admitted I, I it's, there's better things I could have I could have stopped after three and it would have been fine but that one I just I, it's a movie for movie lovers and like you said all the little 
cinematic in jokes, uh, cinematic uh, references. It's just it's it's great movie for movie yeah. lovers. But but yeah. I had to know when you mentioned that just how you felt because I feel like. Once upon a time, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, it's kind of like Jackie Brown, very polar polarizing. People either love it or they don't, and I'm I'm really messed up. You may even actually hang up the phone or no, tell me no. after the uh, after the interview's over that uh, you don't want to come on for the uh, no. second show. <laughs> Jackie Brown and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think, are my favorite. There, I said it. We can just get it out of the way. And I I know I know it's 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 sacrilege. Uh, Sean, he didn't no. even write Jackie Brown. I know. Oh man, I know. I just, I feel. You know what? I, if there's one thing I can say, I, I have never, I, oh, like criticized somebody for having their own opinion, and that's <laughs> just something that I completely believe in. And I've got like really close friends, and we just don't agree on a movie or whatever. And it's like that's what makes it fun is we're watching the same thing, and we're getting a completely different feeling from it and that's one of the reasons i love movies so much they're so powerful and i you know i could be watching this what normally would be called a piece of trash you know and i'm like this is the best movie ever i mean i've seen basket case 30 times and people look at it like what's so good about it it's like if you don't get it that you don't get it but that's okay you know um if you like what you like uh, that's fine with me I've, I've never never um i don't do any kind of negativity towards people for liking what they like you know it is what it is so enjoy your life do whatever you like <laughs> that's what i do well uh i i mean i would like to say that i don't criticize people for their movie tastes i'm getting better dave i'm i'm, I'm working on it i'm working on it but you know today is a fine example i had a uh, lady ask me she said what did you prefer midway or 1917 and i laughed at the thought of me ever watching midway and she did not take that as well as I thought she would <laughs> I was just like you're comparing Sam Mendes to, to uh, was it Schumacher or somebody, somebody like that I was just like no no I'm not I'm never I'm never gonna watch Midway sorry I'm not, right. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it but anyway the way that I stay out of that type of stuff is most of the movies I'm watching no one's even heard of so, <laughs> like, I don't even watch mainstream cinema you know it's, it's like those are the last ones I get to I'm, I mean I, I'm I'm going for the underground, you know, nine out of ten movies. So, and that's why you're on the show right now. That's uh, why that I reached out to you. And I mean, you. I'm in fact, I'm just going to hand you the mic because you just set up uh, a good a segue as as any. And, you know, we brought you on here talking about Ivan Press. For those of you, and, and I'm just going to actually read exactly what's on their site. That For those of you that don't know um, what Ivan Press is, who Ivan Press is, and the reason I just want to read it directly from the site is because I, if, if I were to do it just freestyling it, I would never do it justice as compared to what they have on their site. So long story short, for the last five years, Iben Press has been on a, a front-running indie publisher specializing in super limited edition single issue comic books. Okay, uh, the well, they say the likes of which have never seen before. I actually agree with that. We are a physical media company only, which this is the reason why this is so important. <clears throat> When it comes to the comics, I think one of my favorite things about Ivan Press is the extra goodies they give you. And that is actually how I became aware of Dave. So the soundtrack that I mentioned earlier for the graphic novel Bottom Feeder, which 
Um, so long story short, how Ivan Press actually got started was releasing these comic uh, comics from old Italian horror movies. Um, if if it's not something that you're aware of, I know that most of my crowd's a little younger. I urge you guys to go check out some old Italian horror because it's it's fucking great. Okay, it's just it's it's so fun. Um, and Iben actually took the idea and decided to make com- uh, adapt some of these movies into comics. And I, I, I gotta be honest, the, the, even the directions that they took uh, with Zombie, which is a, a, a Fulci classic, they kind of changed and altered their end, uh, the ending of the comics as opposed to the movie. And I have been collecting them for the last five years. I mean, Zombie, right, Dave? Like, Zombie came out at least five or six years. The movie itself came out 30-plus years ago. But I want to say the first Zombie issue, we got to be over half a decade at this point. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was like 2016, something like that, into 2016 or 17, something like that. I'm pretty sure because the way that I got involved uh, is a long story if you want to hear it. Yes, absolutely, and I want my fans to hear kinda, it. Yeah, I can kind of bring you up to date. I mean, I, I go back with the guys. Um, there's two guys, actually, who run Ivon Press, uh, and and that's spelled E-I-B-O-N, if anybody doesn't know, E-I-B-O-N, Ivon Press. And that comes from Lucio Fulci's movie, The Beyond, and Lucio Fulci is like the god of Italian splatter horror. Um, you know, Dario Argento is is another name that everyone knows, um, Mario Bava, but Lucio is definitely one of the, the holy trinity of Italian horror, and The Beyond is arguably his masterpiece, one of them, for sure. Um, so I used to go to horror conventions starting in, like, 1985 and, and you know, continue to. I've, I've been loyal since I was a teenager, and I met the two guys separately. One is um, Sean Lewis, who run who ran this company called Rotten Cotton and still does and they sell like horror t-shirts and pretty uh, offensive stuff it's fun and the other guy is uh, Steve Stephen Romano who's the writer of all the comics um, so these two guys paired up and, and basically Stephen Romano is the creative guy and Sean is the like production guy uh, taking care of like all the production and mailing and everything like that but he doesn't he doesn't uh, draw the comics or anything like that that's handled by Stephen uh, and, and written by him so I, I met these guys and they did a record called for Lucio Fulci a symphony of fear and they wanted me to do a track for it now this is like 1998 wow so, so this relationship this goes back though, quite yeah. a ways then yeah so th- this is how long I've known those guys since the 90s uh, um, and, and that track came out and, and it was cool and everything and then I got I got called uh, from a friend of mine, Mike Baronis, who directed a documentary about Lucio Fulci called Paora, Lucio Fulci Remembered. It's basically like he interviewed every single person that ever worked with Lucio Fulci and put out a documentary. Well, he asked me to record music for that documentary, and I ended up doing five songs, uh, five pieces of music for the uh, documentary. That was in 2008. Um, so then time goes on and I, I fly to, uh, to, uh, Texas, 
to see John Carpenter perform because I was in Europe when he was performing. In oh, New York, no so way. Yeah, so I was like, oh. okay, I'm not missing this, seeing him. This was 2016. Um, so I flew to, um, to Austin, and that's where uh, Steve Romano lives. Uh, so him and I met and at the show, and then we went out for dinner, and he's like, what do you think about doing some music for uh, our zombie comic book we're about to do? And I was like, yeah, it sounds good, but like, you know, I couldn't see the future. I didn't know how good this thing was going to be right. or anything. Uh, and I kind of didn't really, not that I didn't think about it, but, it, you know, other things were happening in my life. I wasn't paying attention. And then I get a call from Steve, and he's like, okay, we want you to do the zombie comic soundtrack and I was like okay um, and then my first thought is where am I going to do it because I don't have my home studio I'm not a knob turning guy I'm a, I'm, I'm a musician a player and a producer I know what I want to hear but I'm not the technical computer guy like computers and I don't get along so I don't, I don't turn knobs I just tell people can you turn the knob and this is what I want uh, I know it's a little bit snobbish but that's the way I've always been with my bands and my music I, I i don't i never learned how to do it i just know what i want the end product to sound like um so i found a studio and found a producer to work with and we recorded almost all of the zombie uh track tracks and then i got a call saying we're going to delay <laughs> the issue with your music so it's now like you hurried up to get it done and now we're going to make you sit on it for like six months and I was like, oh, man. And then they're like, well, in the meantime, we're going to do Bottom Feeder. And he sent me issue one of Bottom Feeder. And he said, what do you think? And I was like, this is awesome. And as I read it, all the music that you heard just came into my head. And I, I already I knew, like, wait, I should be doing the soundtrack for this. That is amazing so, because... I mean, and I'm not saying this just because you're on the fucking show. It couldn't have been more in line with the product. Like, that is such a dark, sleazy, eerie... Oh, that comic is so good. And that music fits perfectly. Perfectly. So I just want to say that. I'm sorry to, to jump in there. I just had to tell you that. No, I appreciate that. And, and you know, I, I basically told those guys, like, I'll do it for free. Really? You know, I... I I just want to, I just have this music in my head once I read the comic and now I want to make it. So they're like, sure, if you want to do it for free. And I said, I'll tell you what, just, I want to have a lifetime subscription to your comics. That's all I want. Every comic you put out, Smart. I want a copy of. That's Smart. And they were like, no problem at all. So I recorded uh, the bottom feeder while I was waiting for zombie and then I, I handed in those guys loved it and put it out and then I got a call saying we want to make your zombie thing now like issue zombie uh, zombie issue five and six so can you record more music uh, for the zombie and then we'll put it out so I went back in the studio again and recorded more for the zombie and then basically that's how I ended up doing those those tracks and it was it was really an incredible experience the the, the best part of it me was it it got it kind of got me motivated it kicked my ass because i was kind of waiting for the time to do another soundtrack and it just disappeared out of nowhere and and got me moving i did two and then i was so happy with the results that i started doing my solo record in the same studio so i have a, a full-length record recorded 10 songs but it's like in the soundtrack vein so it's 
it's a weird record. It's like a soundtrack that doesn't for movies that don't exist, and it's fully recorded. It just I, I with this unfortunate Corona, I can't get to the studio to finish it. So unfortunately, I'm in a holding pattern now. Man, that is just I'm always fascinated. Like musicians are always my favorite people because I'm just fascinated by what you said, where you were reading through the comic and you just heard the music. I'm just and I know there's a lot of musicians that listen to the show and I, and I tell you Dave and all of you guys listening it's just you know I guess it's probably very similar to me in writing like you think of a character and then the words just kind of fall out of the character's mouth you know so I, I'm sure that but I just think that music is so much harder than writing dialogue that, that's just so like, um, I don't think so it's actually I find it the opposite I mean I when I try to write lyrics it's so much harder than writing the music when I, you know i mean i in my opinion music to me is just like color it's it you just put different sounds together it's 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 like a, a jigsaw puzzle but it's not like when you when you're writing there's so many different levels of what your you know emotions and and plot and stuff with i don't know with, with music i find it to be um more like you know, like painting or a puzzle, it seems like uh, easier to me. But one thing that I'll say is that both those records, Bottom Feeder and Zombie, I made up everything in the studio. I had no preconceived music. Wow. That... <laughs> so how long did it take you to throw? I mean, I know uh, that you sat on it for about six months, but how long did it take you to knock out five tracks, at least for the Zombie one? Well, the Zombie was what turned out to be uh i think it was like 10 10 tracks nine nine tracks nine or ten yeah so that uh i recorded over a pretty long period of time uh but we were rushing the the guy who's producing it said that he never worked faster or more efficiently with anybody (laughs) but me and i was like it was just amazing we just walked in the studio I said, this is the idea, and it was like, boom, go. And like he was just a master of getting the right sounds that I wanted and, and editing everything quickly, and, and we moved as fast as you can you can go. So, uh, you know, I, I don't really have a, like, because I was only working, like, once a week. So it, it might have taken, like, months, but if you put all those days together back-to-back, it was only a couple of weeks of, of working. I'm not at all shocked that he said that, you know, you're one of the easiest and smoothest to work with. I, I mean, in you know, this, this is why I hope you come back on for a second episode. Some of the people that you have worked with are, it's insane, dude. It's insane. It's I, I just, so if anything, you know, it, that producer should have been like, hey, uh, it was a pleasure working with you because you're, you're big time. I mean, RZA, you, you've run DMC, like just, I, I, the list goes on. And in fact, like there was a certain point when I'm like, trying to like make up a rough outline of a script what we're going to talk about and i just i threw all the doggy dave's or doggy dog stuff your instagram name doggy dave doggy dog stuff out because i was like there's no way there's no i i there's uh, if you just went to wikipedia i could talk to you about the first three paragraphs of wikipedia for four hours i really could yeah. just and i was just like holy cow so yeah i mean the thing is doggy dog uh i i I, this band's been around 30 years now. I mean, when I started, I was still the same kind of person. I'm just a horror-obsessed guy, you know, that liked to drink beer and hang out with my skateboarding friends and listen to punk rock music. And, you know, I'm pretty much, you know, I'm an older version of what I was. But, I mean, I was I was always into horror. It's just that band 
uh, and the longevity of that band has created situations for me to be able to, to do the other kinds of passion projects that I have, music and soundtracks. And, you know, it's pretty incredible because, you know, if I was, you know, if I didn't have Doggy Dog, I don't know if I'd even be, you know, out there enough to like for people to even know that I'm a horror guy too. Because there, there's a lot of people who know me as as a horror guy that don't even know that I have a successful rock band. So I'm always like, that's pretty cool. Like you know, like now I'm known as a horror enthusiast, as a soundtrack collector, as a you know crazy collector of of stuff. So you know, posters and. You know, I'm, I'm happy that people enjoy my collection, and and then when they kind of see that, oh, you, you you've had a, a band that's you know, you've had Ronnie James Dio sing on your record, the RZA sing on your record, <laughs> did a track with Jam Master J. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, it's it, though, all of that stuff is what you know kind of led me where I am. So I'm I'm really feeling like at this point in my life, the my my band. Are, we're making a new record. Uh, unfortunately, I should have been over there last month in Switzerland recording. We're like, I don't want to put a number on it, but we're we're knee deep into a new record over there, and we got to finish it. Um, but it's just kind of funny that at that same time, I'm recording my solo record, first one that I'll call my own solo record. It's not a soundtrack. It's it's a real record, and you know all that kind of came together in 2000. You know, 2019. 2020 but it's kind of funny the momentum really started when i got called by ivan to do the zombie thing it, it all everything started like moving in fast uh, forward so it's it's kind of i'm still this is like paused it but it's still snowballing in fact i uh i know one of those guys that you're talking about that's like oh he's a big horror guy and didn't know that very successful band as well and in fact i think you actually know the gentleman um because you've been very supportive of his site. My one of my good friends is actually the general, the owner and operator over at Cryptees. You familiar with Cryptees? Yeah, he, I told him that I was uh, talking to you today, and I mean, he geeked, man. He was just like, "Wait, Dave? Dave's coming on?" I said, yeah, 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 he's coming on. He's just like, "Oh my gosh, he's been so supportive of Cryptees since the beginning." I wish I was there, and I was like, "Yeah, that's cool and all, but you can just stay right where you're at and keep that six feet apart, and we're 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 not going to be in the same room sharing mics." So sorry, bud, but you get maybe you can come on. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it, it, that I would recommend to your listeners, to people, if you, if you, you know, watch some of the great Italian horror movies from Dario Argento, you know, Suspiria is probably, you know, top three movie of all time for me, uh, changed my life, and, and my Italian horror love really came with, like, The Gates of Hell and, and Zombie. I saw those movies back when they were on big box VHS videos, uh, and, you know, you, there was something different about them. They, not only were they bloody, but just the way, like, the music was and the camera and the atmosphere was, you knew they, it didn't look like, you know, the kind of movies that were playing on HBO at the time or, or an American horror movie like Friday the 13th. It definitely had its own thing going. I was, I got super fascinated by that. So I can, I, I, I know there's a lot of young people that, that are getting really passionate about movies. You have more access Back in the day, we had to get like third generation bootleg VHS <laughs> yep, just to yep. see what Italian horror looked like. And now people are so spoiled, they can get it on Blu-ray, remastered in 4K for the first time ever seeing it, you know? And, and we were, you know, we, we had to pay our dues back in the day. So it's like, there's a little bit of like, 
when you look at the younger young people, it's like I'm very supportive. You're very lucky. So so yeah, you, you have to work as hard as we did <laughs> no. to see this stuff. Um, so oh. enjoy it. And uh, you know, if you're really into comics, the Ibon comics are just mind blowing. They're super bloody. Uh, just but the the quality of the artwork and the writing is just like they care about everything they do. I know these guys really well. I know this is all labor of love. These guys are not making tons of money off this. All they're doing is doing what they love to do and doing it as well as it can possibly be done. And those things, everyone is a collector's item. I mean, they're just incredible. So like definitely worth supporting, go to their website. If you want to hear my music, they have uh, like a bundle packaged with like my two CDs and like a little bit of like yep. uh, liner notes. And, and that was really, that made me really happy that they did that. Cause the liner notes are just like so, so cool. And, and, you know, I know these guys are genuine, so uh, it, it's a nice little thing. I think it's like ten bucks. It's cheap as hell. And I actually wanted to throw that out there because you mentioned the artwork, which I agree with you. I just I find the artwork absolutely astounding. You got uh, Pat Carbajal, I believe that's how you say his name. Puiz Calzada, Bruno or Bruna Costa. You got Fat Boy doing the lettering. Uh, Matthias Juve. You have tons of artists there. So and, and I know I have I, I have off the top of my head, at least five or six comic book artists that listen to this show. I urge you, if I haven't pestered you already, I urge you to go check out Ivan. I like it's, I don't even, there, there was a moment there where I had got back. Well, you had to with Marvel. If you're a movie guy and you're kind of like confused, like, Oh man, this whole Marvel universe is kind of tough to tackle. So I started picking up comics again and I, I'll never forget it, man. I, my, my ex-chick got me the first issue of Zombie, and I stopped collecting Marvel and DC again. I Because I, like, I did it when I was really younger and stuff, and but then I stopped, and then I got back into it. I didn't buy another Marvel. D- and that's nothing against Marvel, DC, Image, or any of those guys. I, I, I love uh, what they do over there. Ivan was different. Ivan was just was so different, and again, like your your contribution to it. That I, I think it's little stuff that they do like that that I think separates them um, from other you know indie comic distributors like that. I really do. I uh, like I said, Bottom Feeder is really really good. It's really really better when you're listening to Dave's music with it. So, well, they also uh, just put out a new. A comic called Wasteland '89, which oh, is another original. It. It's it's not based on a movie. These guys created a you know a whole uh, original project, and they asked me to do another soundtrack for it. Um, and I, uh, he, uh, Stephen Romano, who's a musician on his own, he played on uh, his other uh, on some other albums that we we collaborated on, and he sent me a demo, and he's like, "Here's my like my theme." Uh, but I want you to do it. And I heard it and I was like, you know what? It's really, really good. Like, I, I just don't see why it needs to be redone by me. You are doing a great job. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And he's like, okay, cool. Thanks. Um, and he ended up doing, they took it one step further. They did the entire comic read out by the, like the cast and put sound effects music and dialogue for the entire comic so it runs through the whole thing it's actually read along with it um so when the comic came out he uh i he mailed it to me um and when i read the liner notes 
it was just like incredible. They dedicated the whole comic to me. And the reason was is because Steven appreciated me, you know, giving him the musical support instead of taking it for myself. I, I encouraged him to do it, and he was really grateful about that, and he did an incredible job. I mean, this comic is totally worth getting, Wasteland 89, uh, another original. But by not doing the soundtrack, I actually got the comic dedicated to me. So I'm, that, that just made my heart like swell. I was just like, you know, overwhelmed uh, that how great these guys are. They're just amazing. I'll take that trade-off if I was you. I would take that trade-off. I don't have the music, or I don't have to do the music and the comics dedicated to me. Sign me up. Yeah. You know what? I mean, he just did a great job. I'm not going to, like, try to, like, that. that's just not the way I am, man. I'm, I'm a very supportive person. I know there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of, you know, I mean, no pun intended, it's dog-eat-dog, you know? And, and yeah. I, I really learned a long time ago to, you know, be supportive of other musicians and other artists and, and people who do what they want to do. Case in point, I'm I'm here with you because I I care about you and I want to help you and and you know when when you were saying before about social media is like you know there's so much negativity uh. but in the horror community at least in my uh, experience on on Instagram I've met so many people and so many good people all around the world and I I've you know I've really felt like Instagram is, is is a way that you can make real life connects. Now, I'm lucky because I actually travel and I and people come to my shows and I get to meet a lot of them. Not everybody, you know, can do that. Um, but I, I really feel fortunate that I have made real friends with people that that were, you know, just virtual friends. And and this is exactly one of those steps forward right now. Yeah, I'm kind of, I've come to the conclusion the only good thing that's come out of social media, well. Of course, there's plenty of good things, but it's uh, mingling with the whore crowd and the kung fu crowd. I like for the most part. I just I, I'm not a big phone guy. I, I'm not a big computer guy. I just I, I do other shit, you know. But I the the connections that I have made through the whore community and through the uh, martial arts cinema community. It's it's unreal man it's unreal and you know i like you said i i wouldn't be here talking to you right now nor would i even you know extended the invite if it just it just got to the point where i was like all right it, it, it's gone on long enough i'm just gonna ask him <laughs> i was just i i did i everything that he does is awesome and and, and to, to i'll just be honest with you i'm sometimes i get annoyed at your instagram i you know we're friends here i get annoyed at your instagram you got a lot of cool shit you travel to a lot of cool places and i'm just sitting here going you know that retro box, uh, that retro poster he's got right there is fucking great. That fucking, oh, look at that crowd out in Germany. What the, what is going on right now? <laughs> so, yeah. So. I, 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 let's say that, you know, I, I do sometimes piss people off for, you know, <laughs> living what looks like the dream life. And, you know, but I tell you, man, I, sometimes when you get what you ask for, you know, I worked really hard to travel the fuck out of this world but it's like it wears you out I'm not a young guy anymore so like you know I'm playing show after show and living in a tour bus and you know flying constantly and and, you know sometimes you just want to relax and do nothing so it looks glamorous but believe me it's 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 not easy. It's 
to where easy everybody would do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and did you hear but, that, fans? He works hard. He works very yeah, hard. You can't do a YouTube video and think you're going to become famous. I got a couple of those people that listen to the show, and I'm telling you, it takes a yeah. little bit more than spitting on a mic for 32 minutes a day and thinking something's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, we, we work our asses off, but we also, you know, every city I get to, you know, now it's easy with my phone. I just, like, plug in, like, record store to where I am, where the club is. And it's like, oh, there's three record stores within walking distance. And I'll, like, run out, you know, and, and start, like, pillaging every city, every record store, <laughs> DVDs, records, anything I can get as quick as I can get them. And then come back to the club and, like, sort it out and look around. What did I get, you know? <laughs> and then when I get home, it's like... What do I? I mean, I just I had to have a whole second suitcase the last time just to get home from the last door. It was like insane, you know. But I, you know, it's like I have this opportunity. You gotta, you gotta take the, the opportunity. I know a lot of people that I've worked with over the years who, you know, they, they sit in the backstage or, or don't, you know, don't want to take advantage of walking around the cities because you're tired. You know, you play every day. You, you know, you want to rest and like, you know, walking ten thousand steps looking for records isn't it'll wear you out too um but that's another way that i've made friends because through instagram i you know people have been like oh i live in barcelona or i live in uh athens or i live in in germany here and let's meet up and i'll show you the record stores it's like awesome this is great i got a guide now so i'm gonna take me around and 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 you know show me where the hot spots are so i i love doing that i think that's an incredible thing and if i didn't have the band i wouldn't be able to do that stuff Oh, that's that. That's just it's it warms my heart, man. And I and I I'm, I kept you on a little long. I do apologize for that, but I just wanted to say I am grateful for you coming on here, and I'm gra- I'm grateful for your work, man. Uh, it's it's I, I I I'm not gonna lie, man. I wouldn't have you on if I didn't think that your work was worth promoting. Like I just like you said, it comes down to time management these days. Do you want to take that leap? And I thought. I, well, I, I've been nervous. I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I've been nervous. I, it took a while to fire off. Took a while to fire off that email. But I was just kind of like, you know, it's just, it's, it's gone on long enough. So yeah. Well, um, the, the truth is, I'm a very, you know, open person, down to earth, and every single direct message or whatever, I always respond and say hi to everybody. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not on Instagram for, you know. For any other reason except to, to make connections and, and you know put a smile on people's faces or whatever I can do um, so the one thing I just want to say before we go is again I have completed recording a full length record and in my opinion the mute, what I recorded now is my best work I've ever done it makes those two soundtracks that you heard uh, from Ibon sound like demo material you know I'm wow. being honest like I, I have learned so much in the last couple of years in terms of recording electronic music. That's what I've wanted to go into for a long time. And then this, this new record I've done is, is electronic based. There is some real instruments on it, but it's, it's definitely like a trip back to like 1978 to like 85. Oh, I am so in. I am so in. Yeah, you're going to love it. It's, it's got a little bit of everything. I threw in a little Goblin-style music. A yes. Little, uh, yes. Fritzi, a little Giorgio Moroder, some John Carpenter, uh, 
And then, you know, I kind of, instead of being specific to an artist, I did kind of like something that would sound like an Italian adventure soundtrack, something that sounds like the Terminator, some other, uh, like, kind of mixed up stuff. But everything has, like, you'll be able to picture what kind of movie you're watching just by listening to the music, even though it doesn't really exist. Because I came up with the whole idea, poster art, everything for these movies that don't exist, and then created the music to them. So it's a very interesting record. I have the, the, the post-production to do. I have all the mixing to do uh, and the artwork for the record. So we're looking at probably at this point a 2021 release for that as well. Well, I can tell you, sir, that I I can't wait. I cool. cannot wait. And I mean, you're going to hear a track uh, today. I'm going to send you an advance on one. Oh, just, just, that would be yeah. so great. That would yeah, be so just great. For you. Oh, I appreciate. See, see, you, you know, it. you don't reach out to the people that you think are going to be assholes. You reach out to the people that are going to be cool, man. That's good. <laughs> it's a we got to change the dynamic on social media. Positivity, yeah. connections, man. Absolutely, that's what it's all about. I believe it, and it's worked for me. I swear to God, that's how I've sustained thirty years. Doggy Dog has been a band that has always been in in contact with its audience and friends and you know fans whatever you want to call it. we don't like that but you know we used to just walk off the front of the stage right into the crowd after the show and just start drinking beers with people and we never gave up that and that's why it's built into me it's always like you know connect with people make friends that's how the party grows that's how everything becomes bigger that's how people support each other and that's what you need in this life i i mean i'm not even uh, there's nothing for me to say that I don't want to say anything. That that is how the show should end right there. But as you know, Dave, I I don't edit because that, that would take more time. That, <laughs> that would take more time to do. So Dave, where where can they bother you at social media? Where can they get at you, compliment you, bother you, say, yep. Hey, never be on Sean's podcast again or vice versa, which I hope does not happen. <laughs> I only have one social media, that's Instagram, it's dog eat Dave very easy to find it's my one i don't do facebook i don't do twitter nothing doggy david instagram you want me you need me i'm there and uh i'm gonna keep posting the oddities that i've got i've i've been doing a lot of digging during this time down and i've uh i found some really weird interesting cool things that i have no idea why i've held on to so many years but (laughs) i'm glad i did and you'll see them so you heard him late that dave Thanks again for coming on, man. I hope that you'll come on a second time and we can really get into uh, Dog Eat Dog because I, I, I'm truly, I, I'm fascinated. I, I, I'm, I was born into a music family, so my dad was in a band, so I just, it, to, I, I'm always a fan of the musicians, will be until they put me in the dirt, so I would love to have you back and just talk about just what a wild 30 years it has been. Cool. Sean, thank you so much, man. It's been a great time talking with you. I I loved it, and I will be back anytime you want me. Man, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. We're going to get Dave out of here. I'm just, let's make it quick for you. E-L-L-I-S-S-I-N-E-M-A podcast across all formats. Um... I mean, I, Instagram, like Dave, that's the one I'm most active on. Uh, Facebook occasionally. Twitter, I, I literally just post the episode and then I duck out. It, it, Twitter's got too much negativity for me. So uh, you know where to find us. Uh, drop us a line. Please, please, please go uh, drop Dave a line. Uh, just after you get those soundtracks, I'm telling you what, dude's talented. 
and tell him that he is, all right? Because I wouldn't have him on the show otherwise, that's for sure. So uh, I think we got a couple more interviews around the corner here. Uh, when I when I feel like it, <laughs> when I feel like it, we'll we'll get those up. But uh, yeah, this one's gonna be up uh, momentarily here. So Ella Cinema Podcast, we're gone. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.